Talk about Brian's socks. Put right. that part in there. Put the Little Mermaid. All right, you ready? The Little Mermaid. Yep. I did love some Lion King and Aladdin. Not gonna lie. Dude, Little Aladdin Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. I loved Aladdin. I, I think, uh, I think Jasmine was my first crush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Understandably so. Yeah. The flowy pants. The the two piece. The two piece. The skins. The skins. Yeah, but she was total the, bad. She was a total bad. And she was. Too. Yes. So, I mean. Man. She snuck out and. Uh, she had a pet tiger. Yeah. She did have a pet tiger. Have you seen the new one? The live action version. I have. Really? And I enjoyed her handmaiden. <laughs> oh, what's her face from SNL? From. Uh, yes. And New Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have know. you seen it? No, I have not. So I don't oh, know you need to see not. it. It's so good. It may be a little scary for Audrey, but it's good. It's really good. She hasn't wanted to watch Aladdin. <laughs> She's a child. Who makes cho- Who makes decisions? Who's in charge Who's here? Who's in charge here? Not Brian. Not Brian. Not Dad. She's in charge. She's she's a boss. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to another episode of the My College Story podcast. I am Miranda Davis. And I'm Brian Motto. And we are the College Advising Office at All Saints Episcopal School. And today we're talking about standardized testing. Get excited. Bum, bum, bum. So standardized testing is most definitely one of the number one questions we get all the time. Am yes, I wrong? Ma'am. No, you are correct. Not at all. So, and I feel like there's a lot of mystery that has to do with standardized testing, whether it's PSAT, ACT, AC, ACT, SAT, and AP testing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, all, it's for the all upper schools, it's those four. And there's always lots and lots of questions. So, and we put out a big, hey, tell us what questions you have. And we got a bunch, and 95% of them were about standardized testing. Yeah, so let's try to break it down. So let's let's try to figure it out the best we can. We'll try to keep it simple. That's right. All right, so let's start with PSAT. Mr. Motto, what is the PSAT? The devil. No, I'm kidding. Please. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Don't. Th- nobody needs to hear that. Um, the PSAT is uh, the precursor to the SAT. Mm-hmm. It is for students. Uh, there, there are multiple versions, and it is for students in eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade. Correct. So the student's going to take that. It's going to give us a pretty accurate picture of how the student will do on the actual SAT. Yeah, because it's a practice SAT, if you will. Yeah. Uh, all right. What is so? That's the purpose is to kind of see. What okay? What it really is the purpose of a PSAT, besides practice? I think it's for the student to see where they are, mm-hmm. and on the uh, in in terms of their learning and mm-hmm. where they need to be to to make sure that they are successful at the next level. And then on the other side of that, it's for also for the school. Uh, it's for us to be able to see okay, are we are we coming up short anywhere? Yeah. So it's I twofold. Think, it's it's yeah. for the students, for the school. It's almost more for us to kind of see where we are with what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? All right. So when when do st- students typically take this? Because this is one of those tests that everybody takes at the same time, for they, the most part. Correct. There are multiple dates, but there are two national testing mm-hmm. dates. So the our our eighth and ninth graders at All Saints will take what's called the PSAT eight nine. Mm-hmm. 
they take it, and we do this purposefully, they take it on the same day as our sophomores and juniors. Mm -hmm. Our sophomores, our 10th graders and our juniors, they take what's called the PSAT NMSQT. And NMSQT stands for National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test. Now, that being said, the test is always the second, it's the second or third Wednesday in October every year. Mm -hmm. That is when our students take it. So we take it during the school day. We put the sophomores and the juniors in one spot. We put the eighth and ninth graders in another spot. And we have one big happy testing party. Party. So... So they take it in October. We pr- mm-hmm. and that's something that this, that we do at the school. So it's not yep. anything that the parents have to sign up for or have to do anything about. We take care of everything. Correct. The students are given the date, uh, and they are given told that they there is some preparation material out there that if they want to look at it, they can. Um, but but they, should they? Well, I would say that that depends. Mm-hmm. I would say it never hurts to look over it and see what is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't want them to be preparing for the PSAT in lieu of doing their homework. Yeah. Because the PSAT has absolutely no bearing on college admissions. None. Zero. Absolutely not. So should they look at some preparation material just to maybe be familiar with the format and what's going to be asked? Yeah, sure. Maybe. But I I would say not necessarily a ton of time. Now, for... A junior mm-hmm. who, as a sophomore, scored very well, then that student maybe would want to because it potentially could qualify them for the National Merit Scholarship competition. All right. So that, since you mentioned that again, what is mm-hmm. National Merit? So National Merit it comes out of the PSAT, mm-hmm. and it is students who have scored extremely high on the exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, commit To be a commended, there are multiple levels of recognition in the National Merit Scholarship competition. The first level is what they call commended scholar. To be a commended scholar, you have to score in the top 3% of all students who take the PSAT. Mm-hmm. To be a semifinalist, you have to score in the top 1% and then go through an application process to be named a finalist. There are other, uh, there's National Hispanic as well um, and a couple other recognitions, Mm -hmm. um, Hispanic achievement, things like that. Um, And those cutoffs are dependent each year on on the national scores. Mm -hmm. Well, and the cutoffs for are different for each state as well. They are different for each state. Texas has one of the higher cutoffs. Um, and so, you know, our students have to do really well. Mm-hmm. But we're very fortunate. Typically, we have multiple students every year recognized. Um, and again, it does not have a bearing on college admissions. Mm-hmm. Just because you're recognized does not mean you have a better chance of getting into, you know, XYZ, say, selective school. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, those selective schools turn away more national merit finalists than they actually admit. Which is They good. just are loaded with them. So, it, yeah. it, again, I think I really want to get across that it, it, it does not have a bearing on college admissions. Because colleges, do they see their PSAT scores? No. Nope. Not at all. Unless you are a National Merit Scholar and you put that on your app and you send that to the school. Correct. Awesome. Which they qualify for that 
with their junior year test. Very good point, Ms. Davis. Thank you. So the only year you can qualify for the National Merit Scholarship competition is after your junior year PSAT. So, and what's the kind of time for those that are curious, what's the timeline on that? So they take the test their junior year, uh, in October. So when will they know whether or not they are national merit? Good question. So they take the test that Wednesday in October scores are normally back to everybody by the second week of December finals week. Yep. Right, right before finals week is typically when that hits every year. And so all of our students who have taken the PSAT, that's when they're going to get their scores back. At that point, we have an idea of who's going to qualify and who's not, but official word is not given until uh, the spring. And in the spring, we will receive a letter saying these students are going to qualify, but they don't tell us at what level. Mm -hmm. Again, we probably have a pretty good idea. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we'll tell the students, hey, you're going to be recognized. We just don't know as to what level. Yeah. Then in the fall of their senior year, typically early September, that is when we will find out officially whether a student is either a commended scholar, national merit semifinalists, et cetera. Awesome. And huh. then if, a semi, if you are named a semifinalist, you will go through the application and you won't find out until you're a fi uh, you won't find out if you're a finalist until February of senior year. Clear as mud. Lovely. So bottom line, October, PSAT, it's fun. It's always a party. Parents, you don't have to sign your students up for it. Nope. And you don't need to do a whole lot of prepping unless you feel necessary. Correct. Was All that right. a good summary? I think great. Uh, okay. I think so. Clear as mud, like you said. Um, but it's pretty straightforward with the PSAT. All right. SAT. What mm -hmm. is the SAT? So the SAT is the next step there with the mm -hmm. College Board. And the SAT is the test that you will send scores um, to college. Potentially. Potentially. Yes. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. uh, depends on the college. Right. But um, that is... That is the test that we've all taken. That's right. It's changed it's, millions of times. But but it's it's still there. It's still kicking. And so. So yes. when when should you take the? So the SAT? test is normed for what would be considered a second semester junior. Mm -hmm. So we normally encourage our students to begin taking it in March of their junior year. If they start in March of their junior year, they have the ability to take March, May, June, August, October, November. Right. That is six opportunities to take that test before the first big college deadline. And they should not take it all six times. Please, <laughs> dear God, no. Please don't do that. That is not a sport or an extracurricular. All right. So how, when should you, when should they start preparing for the SAT? If they have their first date on the calendar, so they say March of their junior mm -hmm. year, I would start test prepping probably in January, yeah. six to eight weeks out from the test. Right. Okay. Again, tests, uh, testing always comes in after grades as far as admission criteria. The first thing colleges are most concerned about are grades. Mm -hmm. So, and especially now that a lot of colleges right now are test optional, mm -hmm. nothing takes the place of the rigor 
of the courses and the grades the students earn in those courses. So don't spend your time test prepping instead of studying for your classes. Right. So test prep, I would say six to eight weeks before your first exam. Yeah. And we talked about different ways that you can prep for those, both SAT and ACT on another, our other episode where I think it was like five or six, where we talked about standardized testing and whether it's optional. So for more tips on that, be sure to listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. ACT. Yep. What is the ACT and how is it different from the SAT? So, I mean, it's just another version of a standardized uh, test that the college is going to use mm-hmm. to evaluate students if they require test scores. Um, how is it different from the SAT? It has two more sections. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about the same length, mm-hmm. but it has two different sections. Where So the SAT is basically math and English, mm-hmm. right? It's what they call um, evidence-based reading and writing. So again, English mm-hmm. and then math. Mm-hmm. And that's the SAT. Mm-hmm. The ACT is going to be reading English, math, and science. Mm -hmm. So there's four sections as opposed to two. Um, It is scored differently, whereas the SAT, right, is out of 1,600, 800 each section. The ACT, each section is out of 36. Those sections are added up and then divided by four. So your your scaled score is going to be on a uh, 1 to 36 scale. So when... So is the testing when you need to take the ACT any different than when you need to take the SAT? No, ma'am. So again, normed for a second semester junior. Mm-hmm. So uh, the timeline is the same. The months that they are offered um, are a little different. The ACT starting then is February mm-hmm. of junior year. Mm-hmm. So it goes February, April, June, July, September, October. October. So again, same amount, Mm -hmm. right? Did I do that right? February, February, April, June, July, September, September, October. October. No, so five times. They have five opportunities before the first big time. Did I did I miscount? I think you did. Oh well, that's why I don't do math in public, right? Um, Yeah. Even when I use my fingers, I I shouldn't do math in public. You got six up. Um, You said five. It's fine. So, but that is ample opportunity to take take the test multiple times before the first big college deadline of November 1st. Yeah. And same with the SAT. You should start prepping about a month before. Yes, ma'am. Perfect. So, so basically start prepping in January. Don't worry about yeah. it first semester. Worry about a second Maybe semester. Maybe over the holiday break there, right? Maybe just sign up for it over the holiday break. Yeah, there you go. Take some time. There you go. All right. AP testing. So this is a whole different animal, right? So AP testing what is AP? So AP stands for advanced placement. Mm-hmm. And there is a test after each course that you would take in the advanced placement program. Correct. Uh, All Saints offers on any given year somewhere around 16 or 17 advanced placement courses. There is no way that our stu- any student would take more than probably nine to 10. Mm-hmm. I think in my eight years here, the most I've seen a student take is 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say our, our, you know, the students at the top end of the class typically are taking somewhere in the seven to eight range, mm-hmm. but most of our students actually do take at least one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it just depends. But AP begins in the sophomore year with European history. At All Saints. At All Saints. Correct. There are other schools that take APs at different times. There are. And, th- and there are some that do start as freshmen. Yeah. But at All Saints, 
European history, I say yes, European history is the first <laughs> course they can take in the 10th grade. And then it goes downhill from there, right? Then yeah. soft, or junior year and senior year, you know, again, the students probably at the top end of the class are taking three, four, five mm-hmm. AP classes each of those years. Yeah. But that doesn't mean everybody needs to take three, four, five. No. And we're not necessarily encouraging that. We're just, no. that's just, we're just saying, you know, what, what we've observed. And so the tests then are in May mm-hmm. at the end of the course, the mm-hmm. first two full weeks of May, there is a schedule that will be put out mm-hmm. uh, by college board and the students will sit for their test on the given day. Yeah. Cause that's a national date that everybody takes it at the same time on the across same the day. country. Correct. Right. Correct. And then results are out in July. So the student takes the test in May mm-hmm. after they've taken the course. Their results come back in July and they'll be able to see how they did then. But do you have to submit them to colleges? You do do not have to submit those scores to colleges. Technically, the colleges are not supposed to use um, AP scores as criteria for admission. Mm -hmm. But again, human human nature, you know, you can't unsee a score if it's it's given. So, you know, if... Now, there are some apps that ask for you to list how many APs that you want to list, what mm-hmm. are they, what are your scores, which are not official. I mean, it's like self-reporting your scores. But if you, I mean, if you make a four or five, let's send that sucker in. Yeah. Why There's not? no reason not to. There's Correct. no reason not to. All right. What are the AP scores used for? So at some schools, you can receive credit mm-hmm. and be put into a higher level course. Some schools, it will just be used for placement. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the school. There's not a canned answer I can give that is is accurate for absolutely every college out there. But but basically, it's one of those two. It's going to be, yes, I received credit and I'm going up a level Mm -hmm. or... I'm just being, this is just being used for placement purposes. Yeah, I'm skipping this class and taking yeah. So there's no credit course. awarded, but it's going to be used for placement. Which is something that you can look on their website typically. Correct. I mean, if you type in da-da-da university AP, AP. course yep. something, credit, it'll pop up in some form or fashion. Um, all right. So those are quick and simple, the four types of standardized testing that we do at All Saints. Mm-hmm. So saying all of that, let's go over a quick timeline of what that looks like for an All Saints student. Because I think every school is different. I mean, of course, like PSAT, SAT, ACT are all offered the same time no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. However, for what we suggest and advise for our students, this is kind of type the type of timeline that we think about, which we're going to talk about it, but we're also going to put it in our show notes so that you can refer back to it later. So it's in a printed form. Um, and then I'm sure we can send it to you if you can't find it either. Um, okay. So freshman year, what is the one thing that they do freshman year? Freshman year, they will take the PSAT eight, nine in October period. End of discussion for the freshman. That's it. Fabulous. Super easy. All right. Sophomore year. So they take PSAT and then what else do they need to do? So uh, during their sophomore year, they can also start practice testing if they would like. That's right. And we have partnered with Revolution Prep, who they do a great job. And typically in the fall and in the spring, 
they will offer online practice tests, mm -hmm. full full practice tests for the SAT and the ACT. We will offer those uh, typically on Saturdays in September. Mm -hmm. And then again in the spring, I think it's, it's February. February, yeah, usually. And so a student can sign up for those for free, see their scores, see which test they might like better. That's right. And then the only other thing sophomores have is if they take European history and they have that AP test in May. But besides that, that's it for sophomores, That's really. It. Nothing so, else. Awesome. All right, junior year is where it kind of gets crazy. So yeah, junior year gets a little hairy. Go through that, Mr. Motto. All right, so junior year, the PSAT happens again in October. Mm -hmm. And again, for the juniors, that is also the National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test. They can also do the practice SAT and ACT through Revolution Prep mm -hmm. in the fall and the spring. Then again, like we mentioned earlier, the tests, SAT and ACT, are normed for second semester juniors, and that is when we recommend the students start taking those exams. Mm -hmm. So the spring of junior year. So for the SAT, that's March, May, June. For the ACT, that's February, April, and June. Awesome. And then to wrap up the year, they have APs in May. Correct. And so with the, those juniors, they have a larger selection of of AP courses available. Mm -hmm. And so they can, yes, then they would take that AP exam in May. And just, I didn't say this earlier with the AP exam. For our students at All Saints, if you take the AP t course, mm -hmm. you are required to take the AP exam. That's right. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. All right. So then senior year. Senior year is kind of where the testing kind of goes down a little bit. So mm -hmm. senior year, SAT, ACT, you have those in the fall, like we talked about. August, SAT is August, October, November, and then if you're still available to take the test, mm -hmm. December, because mm -hmm. if it's after the big deadline, why would they want to take it in December? So there are some, especially state schools mm -hmm. out there that will adjust scholarships um, based on your, your exam score. And so you can continue to take the tests to try to improve that score, for the, especially for those schools who, again, will give you more money if you provide higher scores. That's right. I mean... And, okay, and I think this is one question we get all the time um, that's not on our question list, but when you apply, you don't have to send all your scores when you apply. Like, if you're still testing and you still plan on testing, you can send your scores after you send your application. You can. That is a correct answer. Because I think that's when they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm taking it on Saturday. I'm like, you can still send your stuff. You mm -hmm. just send your scores after you have them ready. All right, so then SAT, ACT is July, September, October, and December as well. And then May are those last AP tests. Correct. All right. So there's one more test on this list. And this is when we get a lot of questions because it's one of those mm -hmm. oddball ones. So seniors sometimes get questions about TSI assessment. Talk to us about that. So the TSI assessment is simply for placement mm -hmm. purposes. And so any student going to a public college or university in the state of Texas has to pass the TSI at a certain, at a certain threshold mm -hmm. um, and most of our students are going to be exempt from that exam based on their SAT and ACT scores. Mm -hmm. For those few students who are not exempt, they can simply go over to TJC and take the TSI. Because mm -hmm. all, all colleges will accept that. Correct. Yeah. In, in the state of Texas. Yeah. And I feel like, so I think we talk about this on the other episode as well when we talk about test optional a little more, but there are a lot of students who are going test optional that are not sending their scores and they tell them that they have to take the TSI. Mm -hmm. And that's just because typically the, your ACT and SAT scores are what exempt you from taking the TSI. So 
that's that's another you know thought to have when you're whether or not you send scores yeah and so. and the tsi is not keeping you from admission yeah it is merely for placement a placement test period that's it beautiful all right so that's a quick timeline again we'll have the in the show notes so everybody can see that and they can um, reference back to it later all right so we had some other parent questions that i thought were important that we wanted to talk about that had to do with standardized testing so who should take the act versus the sat it really depends on the student um when the sat redid them redid the test a few years back it's actually become more like the act it's mm-hmm. still they're still very different tests mm-hmm. right um and i say very different i don't know that very should be in there but they still are different tests they're and there formatted are some differently they are formatted differently and some students i is going to like one test over the other and so i think the practice tests are a good place for a student to really get a feel for which test they are more comfortable with yeah because it's it's almost like I think some are like, well, which one you do better? Well, yeah, which one you do better? But sometimes which one you're more comfortable with in the format you like better is going to be the one that you do better on because it mm-hmm. you because it's all about like timing and the way the questions are asked and the way that you think based on the way that the test is. Because I know like some of them are like, I mean, I'm not because I get questioned all the time. Well, I'm not really good in science, so I probably shouldn't take the ACT. And that's not necessarily not true. necessarily. Because I think some of them like the longer sections because SAT has the longer sections. Mm -hmm. ACT has more sections, but they're a little shorter. And sometimes it's just the timing that the students prefer based on the test that they like better. Timing. And I think the other thing, too, there is how the questions are Mm -hmm. asked on the test. The ACT, it's very much of a tell me what you know test. Mm -hmm. The the SAT is still a little bit more critical thinking there. Mm A little bit more problem solving. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, sometimes it just, it it fits a reader or it fits a test taker's eye a little bit better. Yeah. Which is why we suggest you take one of each, see which one you do and or like better, Mm -hmm. and then focus on that one. Yeah. Or take both of the practice tests. And see. see which one you like better. Yep. Awesome. So there's no, and so there's no right answer there. Correct. Because all colleges take both. All colleges take both equally. That's right. Um, and if you're curious, you can look at a comparison on what the, an SAT score is compared to an ACT score. The equivalency chart. Yeah. Yes. The equivalency chart. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. All right. How many times should you plan to take the tests? A million. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So again, if you start in spring of junior year, that gives you six opportunities for each test before that first big deadline of November 1st of a student's senior year. Please don't take it six times. Please don't take it six times. You know, most, we normally say three I mean, maybe four, mm-hmm. but most of our students are typically taking it two to three times each, yeah. each one or only one, two to three times. Yeah. I would, I would say either you take it more than that. If one, you're trying to get your scholarship up mm-hmm. or two, you have a super score and you're really trying to get one of your sections up a little more. Correct. That would be the only reason to keep. It's a good point. Yes. You just threw out the word super, I know, super score, score. Let's and, and talk we're going to have to talk about that yeah. now. Yeah. So a super score <laughs> is um, on only on one test. So let's let's talk about the SAT first. So to have a super score on the SAT, 
let's say that you took the test in March and you scored awesome on your English, on your evidence-based reading and writing, but you didn't do as well as you wanted to on your math. Mm-hmm. Then you took the test again in June and you really worked hard on that math and your evidence-based reading and writing, mm-hmm. let's say it went down 10 points, but your math went up a hundred, a hundred points. And so a super score would be that a college will take that evidence-based reading and writing score from March mm-hmm. and add it to that higher math score from June mm-hmm. to come up with what they would call a super score. Awesome. Which is the same with ACT with all four sections. Correct. They will take the highest from each one and to super give you score. a new, what they call composite score. Correct. Right. I'm going to ask you this question because we got this, we got asked this last year. Uh-oh. So Shoot. if that evidence-based score from that second test is lower, mm-hmm. are they going to knock that against you when they see that? No. Absolutely no. not. Colleges, I, this is my, my rote answer to this. Colleges are called admission offices for a reason. They're mm-hmm. looking for reasons to admit a student, not to deny a student. So they're always going to give the student the best opportunity for admission. Awesome. Which they will tell you that too. I've heard of them say that multiple all time. times. All the time. All right. When the next question, I think we've already answered this, but when should you sign up for the SAT or ACT? So deadlines for actual sign up are mm-hmm. typically one month before the exam date. That's right. So at least one month before. Now you can up to, I think, a couple weeks before the date of the test, pay a, 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 fee. a, a fee to mm-hmm. register quote unquote late. You might have a lesser opportunity to get the location that you would want. Mm-hmm after the the original deadline, mm-hmm. but you can do late for a fee. Um, but we would encourage you, yes, at, at least one month out, make sure that you have signed up so that you can get the your best option in terms of the yeah. location that you want. Yeah. Maybe that's a, for a fall of your junior year, start planning out which tests you want to take mm-hmm. so you know when you need to register mm-hmm. or go ahead and register. Look at our resource page, mm-hmm. see when the dates are. They are published well in advance. Oh. Uh, like year, he, in a advance. year in advance. Um, and so you, you you know when the tests are, look at that and start making those plans accordingly. Yeah. Because I think for East Texas, you can typically take SAT at either Legacy or TJC. Mm-hmm. And our students usually like to take it at Legacy because the desks are bigger, which may have changed since they updated. That was <laughs> that's always what we've the, heard. That's what we've heard. And then ACT, All Saints is typically an ACT site. So you it can is. take it at school on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yes. With Miss Parham. Yeah. Ms. Parham's our ACT person. All right. The big question, which we talked about a lot on our other episode, but test optional. Should you or shouldn't you? Case by case basis. I, I wish I could give a, a definitive answer here, but it really depends on the student and the school. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we had a student the other day mm-hmm. uh, in our office who is currently going through the application process. We sent her score to three, three of the four schools she's applying to. Right. But that fourth school, we decided, you know what, it's, we're not going to send it. Yep. And so it is, it is student by student and school by school. That's right. So you should definitely take it even though you're not, you're maybe test optional in some places. Great point. Yes. yes. We still want you to take the test, even though you and your head may have already determined that you're <laughs> not going to send your score. We still need you to pursue it. Cause there are still some, there are some schools that are starting to require them again. So Correct. Um, be safe. As we move, hopefully, out of this pandemic, um, things could go back to where they are requiring it again. Right now, schools have said that they, uh, you know, 
typically from last year, this year, and maybe next year will mm-hmm. be test optional. But beyond that, we're not certain mm-hmm. yet what that looks like. We hope it will still be test optional in more places, but you know, you never know. All right. So I think that is everything that we could possibly think of to answer as many as questions as we could about standardized testing. We so tried. like always, please, please, please email us, call us, you know, send your student to ask questions, give us a phone call. We want to answer your questions because we know it is such a daunting situation. There's so many questions. There's so many what ifs, what ifs, what ifs about it. So I hope this helps. Um, if if we didn't answer one of your questions again, let us know. We will answer them at the best of our abilities and or talk to experts so they can help us. We don't know. We'll make calls. That's right. We know, we know people, we can ask them. So that is the end of today's beautiful episode about standardized testing. Beautiful episode. It's beautiful. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you get notifications every Thursday when our uh, episodes come out. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to see what we've got going on in the college office. Thanks for listening to another episode of My College Story.